Welcome back to What the Fumble. Sounds like it's Adam's turn at the mic again. I really enjoyed our exposition dump with the sweetest host we've had yet. Sure sucks that Amelia is out of her spuma vitae. At least we can leave Van Richten with her and Lamin. So now our escort quest is a fetch quest. Hooray! We gotta find the foam of life. It was super nice, though, to have an actual safe, soft rest, both for the characters and the players. And yet, somehow, that has me more worried. Alrighty, then. It's time to get into a really good episode of What the Fumble with episode 37, Ace Eye, Pet Defective. My apologies to Mr. Jim Carrey. Sorry, Justin, you just look so sad. Oh, this is the worst. Have you ever bought a sugar-free energy drink? They're the worst. <laughs> oh, that was so yeah, bad. It looks it. Holy smokes. Oh, this is so gross. Hold on, I need a bit more. <laughs> just got to so, verify. Oh, no. God, I feel like you're going to hate us now because you hate that drink so much. I didn't mean to buy a sugar-free one. The sugar-free ones are... I, I'm not a big fan of the regular ones, but sugar-free ones are a different level of disgusting. Oh, man. You guys want some? I hate to. <laughs> yeah, no, no thanks. I'll pass on that. I don't think I need any more caffeine in my life. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. I know you make it look so appetizing, but believe it or not, I'm actually going to pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago, I would have drank anybody's anything, but you know. Yeah, fair. <laughs> then COVID happened, and I guess... Yeah, right. Found yeah. a little self-respect along the way. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's no. <laughs> <laughs> not get carried away. No. <laughs> no, just pandemic mandates. That's yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be able to be a piece of shit at my own pace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Man, that was gross. Uh, I won't say the fucking, I guess I won't say the brand name, but it's not a good one. It's not a good one. Sponsor us and we'll say it wasn't you. <laughs> right. <laughs> we had ourselves quite a little Q&A session last week, gentlemen. Quite the Q&A session. You guys had all kinds of all kinds of questions, right? And Lamb and Amelia and Erasmus had quite a few answers. Touched on a lot of stuff, a lot of topics. We learned how to use a Ouija board. Yeah, no doubt. We got into the details of Ouija board, the spirit board, as it's called in this this fantasy land we're playing in. <laughs> uh, you know, when I was driving home last week, though, I realized there's a question that you guys asked somewhere in all those conversations that I kind of forgot to answer and just kind of got lost in conversation. So we're going to start there. You'd asked Lamin what was up with Lucifer's rosary, like where whose rosary is whose? And I just, it just kind of got lost in translation, <laughs> which was not on purpose at all. But, you know, he absolutely would have answered you. Uh, and the answer is that it turns out Adam was right. His analogy of, you know, giving a kid a whistle in case he gets lost in the woods, that more or less sums it up. The rosary on Lucifer's horn is indeed the rosary that Layman would have adventured with for years here in the Domains of Dread. 
And when you were born, he put his rosary around your horn just in case. Oh. Uh, you know, that way if you ever did get taken by the mist, he'd, there was at least somewhat of a chance you'd end up in dark on and you'd have at least a place to start looking, I guess. It was, it was an insurance policy. It's a whistle for a kid in the woods. Wow. I, oh. I, feel, I feel loved. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, really yeah, I sweet. guess, you know, he would have crafted himself a, a new one or bought one at the discount rosary store. I don't know, <laughs> but his original one is on your horn. Is his one also a... Um, no, it's not a Miss Talisman. Okay. No. No, good question. No, the only one that is is the one that's on Lustra's horn. And with that, it's not even the whole rosary that's Talisman, right? It's like this one single bead mm-hmm. that I'm sure Layman would explain to you is actually like it's... Inside that bead, it's the bead is like painted over, I guess. Inside is like pressed ash from a corpse in Darkon. Which seems to be kind of like the it's like this thematic thing among talis mist talismans of Darkon. They all seem to have some fucking corpse ash involved. Great. Mm. That makes me so glad to be here. So that's fun. Yeah. They lived a long life and you know. Yeah. Donated their body to jewelry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they checked uh, the ash donor box on their driver's <laughs> license. <laughs> Plans to go to bed, right? We've already rolled for the bag, man. It's the plan mm-hmm. to go to bed. Tesla's going to make a, some clothes, work on some outfits There's for tomorrow makeovers. morning. Just to make sure uh, all of these... Because it's like five outfits. Um, all of these get relatively okay done. Um, Tess would like to see if Linara is able to help her with all of this. Um, just because being in disguise, that's how we met you. So I, I would appreciate your input on this. All right, sure. They'll uh, they'll go over and just like lay out everything that they have and get to work. Um, but... As as they're working, uh, Tess will just wait until she hears snores, at least from Merlin, probably, and sort of shuffle closer to Lenara and say, this is a lot. How are you coping with all of this? It's uh, mostly compartmentalizing and pushing it down. Uh, brought Van Richten here and Everybody's alive, despite him not knowing who I am and yelling at me. So, done a good job. I give myself a B plus. Her hands are just sort of shaking. Uh, Tess will put down what she's working on and cover Lenara's hands with her own. And will say, someone who you care about very deeply didn't recognize you. It's okay to not be okay with that. I don't know what I would have done if Simon came off that boat and looked at me like a stranger. We've had no time to do anything but run. I just... I'm sorry for not talking to you about this sooner. You're just... (laughs) Honestly, you're the only one I feel like I don't have to babysit. In Elvis, she says right back at you. I... Merlin's... has the least amount of choice and the most amount of responsibility just suddenly thrown at him, so I get the feeling he'll change quite quick. Uh, ever since the tent, 
he he seems to have been a little more razor focused, but up until literally, I think this moment, we've had no choice but to run, and running together was a necessity. I know Van Richten more than I know all of you combined, and yet he doesn't know me at all. And the people he's worked with for so long, Lamin, Amelia, I don't know if I fit in with them or anyone. I'm completely lost again. You don't have to be strong for everyone else. You've talked a lot about how they're all doing. You don't have to set yourself on fire to keep everyone else warm. It's okay to do something for yourself. You can ask if you need help. Do, do you? Probably. I don't know what I need, but this certainly helped. And she'll squeeze your hand back. No matter what we find on the road to the mines, I, I hope we can find something for you. Also, could you uh, help me with, with this sleeve? It's just really getting away from me here. She'll start going at the costume stuff she learned from dance uniforms and uh, making her stiletto outfit. Curious to know if the, uh, the thoughts in Lenora's head, like, are they... Uh, the talk is definitely... It sounds like you guys are going somewhere tomorrow morning, right? I'm not sure. You've got options, but it sounds like you're going somewhere and that Van Richten... The plan's kind of for Van Richten to not go, which will be kind of the first time since you've met back up with him. Like, does Lenara... Do you already trust Amelia and Lyman to watch over Van Richten when you're gone? You good with that? Is she good with that? Oh. And is this whole thing, like, still... Because there, there were definitely points so far where, for Lenora, this was just 100% about fixing Van Richten. Is that, like, is that still where she's at? Uh, she's still, like, 95% there. Uh, Merlin fixed her, so she feels indebted there. Uh, Tess... Colin and I have been talking and there's like a big sister or, you know, mother sort of relationship between the two of us. Sure. Trying to figure out. We were doing the math to figure out who's technically older in their lifespan, too. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, but like at this point, it's still a lot of duty. And I think a lot of the threats in Dominia were a little more neutral and natural, like wolves people who wanted to keep Van Richten and, like, mess him up a little mm -hmm. as just part of their guard posts and stuff. Like, these... Now it's actively hunted. And if this has been a safe host for Van Richten for so long, or if Lamin can get around so easily where five of us um, can't as much, it does leave a better chance... Yeah, or, or we can sit around here and send lamb into the diamond mine. <laughs> right. Make for Just some exciting, exciting yeah. episodes for sure. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I get it though. I mean, if anyone's going to stay back to watch Van Richt and Lamin is probably as good of a candidate as any, but you know, none of, obviously the most ideal position to be in would be for you to just be back home at Waterdeep and not have to worry about any of this bullshit. But yeah. That's an option. If, uh, <laughs> 
with that option off the table, I guess Slam and, and Amelia are as good a candidates as any anyone else you've met here so far, that's for sure. Well, that's like my my intention with the flop host was we got here and we had no clue what was happening besides a potentially hostile city around us. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to set up a safe house and would have fucked around a lot less in there if I knew Amelia had a nice little bungalow down here. Yeah. But um, we know from those guys that people are coming after us. So whatever has kept them from taking out Amelia before, hopefully we can rely on that enough to get materials enough hopefully to her, fix her anonymity everything. remains intact after this merlin oh, you're probably passed out snoring but heavy heavy snoring. heavy snoring <laughs> heavy snoring i've got some sugar-free energy drink if uh, you <laughs> have a good time. uh but merlin's world keeps getting turned just upside down man like that that vision that we got from Madame Lysenia and Rafa in the mist, that happened yesterday afternoon. Oh, yeah. Wow. So much has happened. I thought time, I thought it's been like, it feels like it's been like weeks. Right. You know? It yeah. really does, especially for us uh, above the table. Feels yeah. like better literally part good. of a month, really. Yeah. Uh, but it was literally yesterday afternoon <laughs> that you found that out. And now tonight, just. Lamin Venari tells you something even more mind blowing than that, right? It's how's Merlin holding up? Oh man, Merlin's. Uh, I feel like if Merlin, you know, didn't have madness, he'd still be a drunk. You know, like like it's that it's that uh, crazy in his mind. He he went from you know sayonara suckers, you know, as we were going into the mists mm-hmm. from Dominia, and now it's like, oh God, help me, please. I can't be alone right now. It is. Aww. It is a rough, rough time. You know, not only. Has this brought up the question of, you know, who you really are, how you really grew up, like your 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 heritage has been brought into question. But is there any guilt setting in from Merlin's point of view yet? Because after hearing the story from Lamin, I mean, it kind of sounds a lot like a whole bunch of people sacrificed a whole lot of stuff just to get your ass to the material plane. They were successful, but, I mean, really, like, a, according to Lamin's story, Tess could have spent the last 20 years of her life with Simon, if not, in a sense, for you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, there's that also, like, the people who took me in were doing me a, a big favor, it turns out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I was, uh, and I was kind of a jerk. You know, <laughs> growing up uh, to them, for them. And then, then they sacrificed their lives at the end uh, for my sake, not not giving me up. So it's uh, definitely strange. It feels like Merlin's life has kind of been just like a whole facade. Yeah. His whole, and his whole personality has been built up around that. So like a giant Truman show almost. Very much so. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. It's going to be a rough, some rough realizations for Merlin. Do you think the guilt is there yet, though? I mean, like, I know we above the table can put all the pieces together and mm-hmm. and say, like, well, it seems like there should be guilt. But then, like, literally started finding this out 24 hours ago. So, like, has you think that's even set in for him? Yeah, Oop. probably. I would I would say, like, maybe right about now, like, Merlin has this night to think about it. And, yeah. like, really, like, yeah, settle, settle all the facts in his mind and, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, 
how does Tess feel about finding out that I mean, it kind of sounds like Simon had a chance to return a lot yeah. earlier than he did. He could have come home 20 years sooner. But yeah. handed little baby Merlin over to Lamb and stayed behind to fight with VR. But, uh, I mean, according to Lamb's story, Van Richten and Lamb were both, they were very ready to let Simon be the one to leave. They were very ready for that. But it was Simon's choice, a choice he made, and he stayed. And, I mean, in a really, it's a twisted way of thinking, but in a sense, the reason he made that choice is currently sleeping in the same room as you are, and he's drunk and smells a lot like booze. <laughs> and piss. Don't forget piss. <laughs> so, like, is resentment setting in? Yeah. Uh, as soon as you mentioned the, Simon could have been back 20 years earlier, I my my face just, like... Scrunched up like a lemon uh, for those listening in. But it's difficult for Tess. Like, she she knows that she shouldn't feel mad. She shouldn't. Like, Simon did the most honorable thing, sacrificing his wants to save a child, an innocent. And that's in the back of her mind. But in... Like, a lot of the foreground, after everyone else has gone to bed and she's still up sewing, she'll just be glancing over to Lamin and thinking, why didn't you, why didn't you fight harder to stay? You're the one who's the, who can travel the easiest. You could have gone back the next day. Why didn't you let him go? Why couldn't it be him? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't consider that. Yeah, I didn't consider that the... The resentment and the, the anger might be directed towards Lamin. That's a good point. I might, in my brain, like the obvious victim of the resentment would have been Merlin, but that does make sense. Yeah, why not look at Lamin in that light? Very interesting. I like it. I like it. You know who else is sleeping over there is the mysterious Slash. <laughs> and morning comes. All right. <laughs> yeah. Slash. Right. Slash, you've said plenty of times that. I mean, Slash wants to, he wants to learn things. Yeah. He wants, you're learning quite a bit from this group too. It's working out essentially so far. You're getting to witness firsthand all kinds of human interactions and emotions that books, you know, never quite properly define. There's, there's no written words that really capture the emotions and the interactions you're, you're seeing firsthand. And these are all things that are turning Slash into a more effective bard, right? It's making you a better word bard. I would say so. Um, I think for Slash as well, he's slowly coming to grips with just exactly how ostracized he is and what that actually means. Um, Historically, he was totally fine, you know, sort of being the outlier, being the one looking in, and in fact, relished that because it gave him a more pragmatic and scientific view of what he was studying. But to both become the experimenter and the experimented, it's a different reality for him. And what he thought was just made sense isn't what was instinctual. Yeah, no doubt. And that changes a lot of perspectives for him. Certainly um, not the classroom you would have chosen. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, he still absolutely has his goals in mind. However, 
the way that he has to come up against it is something that he's still struggling to grip with. And he certainly knows that in order to achieve what he wants to is that he needs to be a better person in a way. He doesn't quite know how, but there is something that is driving him in that direction. Yeah, no doubt. I find, you know, I've, you've already kind of said you're, you're more or less okay with everyone in this group. Like Solash has come to terms with the fact he's not going to survive here on his own. And you're learning a lot from these people. So you're more or less like a, you've accepted the yeah. people around you more or less. Yeah. Where are you at with Galas? That's what I'm really curious about. Does Slash yeah. currently regret going into that library of forbidden knowledge and picking up that book that Galas was in? Do you are you does Slash fear Galas? I don't think he fears him, but I don't think he trusts him either. Um, he's both an asset and a liability, and I think Slash would look at Galas more like a a questionable ally. Uh, oh, for sure. It's, it's what is it, a um, unreliable narrator. Yeah, you no doubt. That way. Do you regret that? Do you regret picking up the book he was in? No. Um, I think Salash would realize his utility far outweighs any sort of peculiar feelings or mistrust he might have because the power that he has gained as a result has proved itself. Mm -hmm. um, and it would take a significant change in power dynamics between him and Galas or between him and other people to change that mindset, I would think. No doubt. And not scared of him. Don't fear Galas. He, he doesn't fear him, but he doesn't trust. There's a difference Definitely between distrust. fear and trust. Oh, hundred you know percent. I mean? So 100%. It's, it's I feel like as Salash, he doesn't fear them above the table. I think he probably does. He just doesn't know how to put that into words yet. He's once again, he's falling on this concept of of anything he doesn't quite realize, he tries not to be fearful of it. But in the same way that he's like fearful of being tied up, yeah, but he's doubt. still screaming threats down at old Pete. Maybe he's uh, kind of doing the same thing with with this. Doctor Heinfroth maybe said it best in saying that fear and apprehension really aren't. A lot of people confuse those two emotions, but they're very, very different things. Yeah, very, very different things. Exactly. So he's still uncovering a lot about himself, especially in a group dynamic, because he's always been very isolated. Interesting. But he's also, you know, somewhat befuddled because you said it earlier in one of the other episodes that, you know, we're all on the Blue Dolphin for a reason. And Lamon went around and talked to everybody and he seemed to conveniently galoss over Galoss and Slash. So he's almost wondering how he plays into this on a grander scale. This aids adds to his feeling of ostracization that he feels like he's not necessarily part of the group while he's simultaneously fighting to be there now yeah no doubt you guys didn't really talk too much about galas to lamb and uh no that's true so he might have some feelings there but I, either way uh that's interesting i like checking in on everybody after a lot of story like that gets dumped on you lustra dad's here <laughs> yeah Yay! dad's here daddy's home <laughs> you still pissed off at him I mean, after, you know, able to clear the air with all that exposition and hearing his story, among others, I mean, this is also the same parental figure who taught him everything about hunting and taught him how to use a bow and, you know, taught him the importance of knowing what to do. So when the narrative is, I didn't want to tell you about it because that would just endanger lives, but he has the same mentality of knowledge is power. So there's a dissonance there. 
but uh, he understands it and he still looks at him and realizes if he can manage living in the domains of dread for years and, you know, come out on top, well, he's still going to respect that authority figure, right? So, and as a result, though, the fact that now that half of the people he's looking for is right in front of him and the fact that he has this connection with the rest of the group while there is a safety he feels, there is a genuine amount of anxiety because all these people he cannot stand to lose by madness or otherwise are all here. So it's kind of making a bigger target. So he has this level of anxiety that's also building. Like your dad, too, didn't. He was the first to admit after that conversation that not telling you about the domains of dread, like, it's not like he's 100% on that was the right like he thinks that might have been maybe it was a mistake and uh i guess just goes to show that even though a lot of time we idolize our parents even they can make mistakes too and maybe it wasn't the right thing to do by not telling you but either way that's it, it is what happened yeah lustra is kind of still at that age you know where he listens to authority especially within his own clan especially from his parents and this is kind of maybe that first crack in the parental authority figure of no they're a person as well they can make mistakes like maybe yeah maybe he also made a mistake who and, knows and he doesn't know how to looster doesn't really know how to reconcile that quite yet but with his newfound venari family as it were he's starting to get the confidence at least to be a bit more forward with what he's thinking and feeling yeah no doubt but with the bigger target on there it's kind of like it's a weird thing of like he feels more confident but he's also more anxious because more of the things that he feels near and dear to are hanging around now and there's more things to lose yeah for sure what i what i also want to know is he straight up like he handed you a miss talisman to mordant which is where rena is at oh yeah uh, he handed you, he, he told you that Rena's in an alchemy shop in Domain of Dread called Mordent, an alchemy shop that's owned by Dr. Van Richtum himself. Are there any thoughts of saying, fuck whatever's going on here, I'm going to Mordent? Like, any thoughts now of, I mean, you, you, you know, like a week ago, the goal was find Dad and Rena. 50% mm -hmm. of that goal is done, is it? Do you care about anything else going on? Or is the thought well, of saying, fuck this, I'm out? Well, and that's part of what's fueling Lustra's anxiety is the fact that he's now pulled in these different directions now. So he has his newfound family found in madness. He has his father in front of him, Rena and Morden, and probably can arguably get back to the material planes. He knows how to do all of that, right? But the thing is, is that He's just trying his best to compartmentalize one thing at a time and try for the best chance at success, which right now he knows he can't do it alone. So it's like, okay, we need to get ourselves sorted. Then we can get Rena. But yes, he absolutely does want to go to Mordent. But I think he's, the, the, he's, he's too scared to be frank, to do it alone. Yeah, no doubt. Like he know he knows he's like, he went, he's gone down a lot, right? He's seen everyone at this table go down a lot. He's too scared to go on his own. He wants to, but... I tell you, yeah. I cannot wait till the next time we have to vote in the mists because mm -hmm. I feel like it's going to be a lot more drama-filled than it was the first time. Mm -hmm. The rest of the night, though, makes it by pretty uneventfully. There is definitely that part of the night 
in the late hours where Van Richten wakes up screaming, screaming in fear of that recurring nightmare he keeps having, that dream where he keeps seeing his son and wife trapped in his family home, that dream where he keeps seeing himself as some bestial figure. You know, Lamin and Amelia are particularly uneasy about it because for them, this is the first time they witness it happen. So there's definitely, like, Lamin kind of lingers awake a little longer than the rest of you guys, concernedly staring at Van Richten. Little Amelia probably even kind of sniffles herself back to sleep and sheds a few tears for, for her old friend. But morning does show up, and everybody... Is fully rested, all the things, you get half your hit die, all those things. You're all juiced up again. You did it. You got through the night. Uh, one <laughs> more quick it. thing. I can't remember if I gave you guys the list of what was in Lamin's bag or not. Uh, he gave you guys a list at some point. Anyway, I'm going to go over it again just in case. It was two regular potions of healing, one greater potion of healing, uh, there were three scrolls. Two of them are scrolls of calm emotions, and one's a scroll of lesser restoration. Oh. Uh, so that's what's going on in that bag. Those scrolls, all things that can help deal with stress, all spells that can help deal with stress. Uh, but the next morning comes around, and sure enough, yeah, you guys have all kinds of options here. It sounds... Like you've got, uh, there's the Bottleborn Mining Company that's down south outside of town full of diamonds. You've got bogs and swamps you could potentially go to to find the Spuma Vitae to finish this greater resto potion. There's all kinds of quarters in the city with landmarks, Bard's Guild, a Weaver's Guild, a Gentleman's Club, all kinds of stuff. So what is the plan... In the morning, I guess first let's uh, quickly go around the table and tell me about what you're you're wearing, I suppose. I know like Lenara's already done. She, at some point, I don't know if we gave it enough attention, but at some point you straight up chopped your hair off, which was pretty epic. <laughs> I don't know if we stopped on it long enough when it happened, but thinking back on it, it's like, that was pretty hardcore. You're just immediately like, fuck this hair. Go full Mulan. Yeah. Uh, I, but what uh, what do you look like this morning? I I figure she probably this, now that she has more tools from uh, Amelia's apron uh, to give herself a proper haircut. Uh, if anybody's seen Into the Spider Verse, sort of that like uh, uh, Gwen, Gwen Stacy yeah. style haircut, the, the shape nice. on the one side, the, the little nice. wave. Probably a different style of hat. And then, like, you're gonna really, wear that trilby you guys have in the bag of holding? No, nope. <laughs> nope, I'm good. Attuned to it, baby. <laughs> what I need is a charisma based character, the trilby of whatever the fudge. Um, very, very plain Jane, like, hide in plain sight kind of thing. Like, I never understood why robots in disguise make pick the most amazing cars. Like, don't look like a, a Camaro, look like a Honda Civic if you want to actually blend in. So, like, it's a good point. Yeah. yeah like so, trans why do Transformers turn into like F 15 fighter jets? Exactly. <laughs> so, so she's, uh, she's this uh, world's equivalent of like sweatpants and a jumper. I like it. I like it. Merlin, any change in appearance? Hmm. What do you want to look like going out? Uh, I mean, I have some. I have some examples that I wrote down over the week if you guys want to know what I want you to look like. <laughs> yeah, go yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, we'll start with Slash Village Idiot. Done. <laughs> um, 
No. Phew. Okay, <laughs> go on. No, Merlin, we have to make you look different. Um, but uh, also, these are just thoughts. Feel free to look what a, look yeah, like yeah, whatever yeah. you want. Um, but uh, for Merlin, his general look, she thought that he would it would make sense that he would be sort of like a blacksmith, a little built, uh, face just covered in soot. Um, just like, t- I'm, I'm looking to obscure our facial features and recognizable features. Oh, like, yeah, that makes sense. Dirty blacksmith Merlin. Yeah. Okay. Um, like a big work jacket, maybe like some, like a leather apron to cover up his armor and like a tool belt of whatever we can cobble together to be an excuse for the jangling of his chain mail. Um, if if we have access to goggles, just like an extra thing obscuring his face and like a, a dirty worksman's bandana to cover his choice haircut, because we ain't cutting that. That's part of his family, man. What's the difference between a blacksmith and a homeless man if not, you know, an apron and, you know, a couple of tools on their face? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a chimney sweep with chainmail wouldn't make sense. I dig so, it. Yeah. So we dirty up Merlin. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, extra dirty. I'm sure most of those... Details are uh, not too hard to to find. I bet a lot of that was in Amelia Wigglebrick's apron. <laughs> and I thought for Lustra, why uh, it worked for Lamin, so maybe like a hunter, large cloak to cover the dragonborn features, like a large cowl, obviously, because dragon face, very easy to spot. Uh, thick work gloves, basically, if anything has scales, we're covering it up. Um, and the- Homeless Palpatine, gotcha. Homeless Palpatine. It's like if all the scales are covered, then there's yeah, it's just eyes under. We're just looking at eye. You're dressed like a job. Like a big humongous, like tattered monk robes. Huge, huge. I love it. So homeless Palpatine. Yeah, homeless Palpatine. I think really sums it up. There you go. And we are covering your boots with shit. No, no, the robes will do that. He's like, no, we're not. No, no, the robes will do that. (laughs) Homeless Palpatine with some nice Air One Jordans. uh, (laughs) What's Salash's look today? Uh, Well, um, again, up to you. I was thinking uh, you'd be good for like a scholar or nerdy thing. Um, So like ink on your fingers and clothes, uh, sort of large cloak, maybe even um, Lenara's... big overcoat that she had at the start of the adventure with like just paper and like stuff um and things like that stuffed into the pockets uh thick glasses if possible if not like just some imaginary glasses because everyone knows superman is totally not clark kent yeah i feel like salash would definitely take his 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 dress cues from van richten of all people um going for the Victorian scholar kind Basically, of look. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I dig it. You can probably pull it off fairly easily. Yep. What's uh, what's Tess herself look like? Well, I was hoping that she could try to look like a male carpenter. Um, sure. She, yeah, she wants to cut her hair into a almost military style crew cut. Um, get um. Uh, even like use sand and something sticky to make fake stubble on her face. Uh, she's going to bind her breasts, uh, have a sort of like a tight shirt to keep everything in place, uh, a vest over that um, sleeveless and maybe even Slash's vest, whatever we can use um, and add sort of like grease onto the bone saw to make it look more utilitarian as opposed oh, to yeah. a medical it. thing. So a carpenter, a blacksmith, a homeless Palpatine, a scholar, and how did we sum up Lenara? 
Uh, Darkon Juicy. Okay, Darkon Juicy. <laughs> That's right. You're just going plain ass sweatpants. Yeah. Darkon yeah. Juicy. I like it. <laughs> Oof. Juicy written on your ass. <laughs> That's that's one way to this. This is one hell of a group, guys. What <laughs> a motley crew! Uh, I love it. I don't know how many of those are possible, but you know, fuck it. All that, all that's canon now. It's all a thing. It's all a thing, including juicy written on your ass. <laughs> it's an abyssal. <laughs> it means spirit. <laughs> <laughs> So what is the plan there? Like I said, there's a city to explore. There's a mine full of diamonds. You want to go that route? I'm sure there's rumors all over this city. It's that part of the adventure where, like it or not, you guys have a whole bunch of options to choose from. Sometimes it's almost better to be railroaded. Sometimes too many (laughs) options is just as scary. Analysis paralysis. Exactly. Lenara's uh, two cents would be go to the diamond mine. If we can hit a bog on the way, all the better. But the sooner we get everybody cured of madness, particularly Van Richten, the more powerful and set we are to actually go about the city and check into those rumors, mess with the Cargatane. And if they do find us, there's a little less toddler in a a harness for van richten yeah sure Mm. despite where you go before heading out lamb and venari is going to do you the favor of he kind of puts all the the rumors and things he's heard on the streets together and draws you a bit of a map of this section of dark on of this uh this fraction of it i went ahead and marked where uh, the Bottleborn Mining Company is on the map for you guys. Oh, yeah. It looks oh. like about 15 miles south off the side of the road and about 15 miles south on the other side of the road would be the farms where Lamon told you there's like swamps and stuff. Uh, there's swamps and stuff behind those farms where you might be able to get some spuma vitae. Oh, okay. Uh, as he's drawing that on the map, though, a little Amelia Wigglebrick pipes. So I'm just like, oh, if you're going over there, you better be careful. Those are owned by the Weaver's Guild. So you'll technically be trespassing, but maybe they won't mind. Well, I mean, we also technically murdered two people in the street yesterday, so... Right, we should dump those bodies in those bogs. Yeah, we have like five dead bodies that we're just carting around. Uh, Are you good to keep these two underneath your carrots, Amelia? We don't really have much space. Yes, we also have three more in the bag of holding, perhaps. You guys have five dead bodies (laughs) here? (laughs) Why? In our defense... Some of them were in the bag beforehand. <laughs> it was in our defense. That's exactly correct. <laughs> uh, Layman nods at her and he's like, I will help you dig. <laughs> <laughs> she pulls out one of those, like those tiny little gardening oh, spades no. out of her apron. She's going to go dig five, six <laughs> deep holes with her tiny little shovel. Don't go that deep. It's fuel for uh, Matilda, too. Uh, I'll get to work right away. Oh, God. Our little, our little grave digger. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, Lamon draws you a little map 
Uh, Amelia tells you to be careful. The farms are owned by the Weavers Guild, technically trespassing, but surely they won't mind. Rivalith, 60 miles away. Diamonds in a mine. What to do? What to do? What to do? Um, Slash definitely would, would echo Lenara's idea of going to the diamond mine first. Yeah. Strictly because at the end of the day, Van Richten right now is a little more than a husk. And if everybody wants him back up, Slash wants to, to help with that as best he can. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing about the five tiny little <laughs> trowel graves. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take her a bit. I will remind you too, though, that yeah, not certainly not a bad idea, but the mine is going to give you essentially hope. You're hoping it'll give you diamonds to heal everybody. All we're missing to pull off one heal is that spuma, is the mm. the algae, is what we're missing to pull it off once. But to heal all of you guys, hundred percent, you're going to need a lot of diamond. So there's no there's no bad options here. Lustra is also thinking the mine because diamond is more important than spuma at this point in juncture. Yeah, hopefully we can find it in dust form as well already. Don't have to spend too much time breaking it all up. I actually looked it up online and like in real life, apparently it's super easy to break a diamond. Like if you had a diamond right here and we had a hammer, like we could totally turn it into dust in a matter of seconds. You just can't precisely cut it. Yeah, ah. hardness is not the same as toughness. That's it. So you can smash a diamond. You just can't cut it easily. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I, I had no idea. I always thought it was that if you hit a diamond with a hammer that you'd break the hammer. That's always <laughs> been the thought in my mind. That's what I thought too. But apparently yeah. you will absolutely destroy that diamond. Here at What the Fumble, we like to educate our viewers. Yeah, I read it on the <laughs> internet. Must it's be gotta true. Be. Gotta be. Dude, you want to know a fun fact? Rappers that wear diamonds in their teeth, sometimes they break their teeth from biting on a loose diamond from the grill. Oh, no kidding. Ah, that does happen, yeah. That's why I don't have a grill. Yeah, that's why. That's why I went out there. Oh, man. I think Diamond Mine is a good idea because it's like the city, the quote-unquote city, is like pretty hot right now. We've got a lot of, you know, people on our asses and uh, definitely can hit a bog on the way if we're lucky. And yeah, I think the diamonds. We need Van Richten healthy and, and giving us answers at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but we need the Spuma Vitae for Van Richten. So if we That's wanted true. to get Van Richten up and going as fast as possible, we would just do a round trip to the bogs. But then we'd have to go That'd back be, out. Yeah, 15 miles there and back. If, the, if there was closer bogs, I'd say bogs first. But since they're in the same area... It's, like, it's almost well like, it yeah. It. yeah. And maybe make a triangle. Yeah. If we do the mines first and we get a little beat up saying we're lost and running from whatever attacked us might be an option if we are caught trespassing. You know, maybe the quickest route is to just hop over to the merchant district. Who knows? Maybe the rich people in town have lots of diamonds. Maybe the black markets have spuma. <laughs> I mean, possibly. That <laughs> also means that we could also be buying worse. directly from the car gate. So <laughs> I feel like it's I feel like that's a non starter for us. Yeah, no. I'm just trying to just stir in the pot. Of I'll course. just be over hey, here listen. not enjoying this energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's somebody's gotta be the uh, the devil on Slash's shoulder, if one can even exist that way. Yeah. God, it's oh. so gross. <laughs> <laughs> I have a plan. Let's all join the Cargatane, and then we'll have the inside track on anywhere we want to go. Perfect. To the Black Tower. All right. Join us next time for an all-new <laughs> campaign after we TPK. 
Yeah, I uh, think I think the vote then is we go to the diamond mine and then on the way back hit for the spuma. Yep, let's do it. And I say we move stealthy from the get-go, at least while we're in the city. Yeah, once we get out outside the walls and outside, then we can be a bit more free. But yeah, be as inconspicuous as possible while exiting the city. So, sounds like consensus is leave to go towards the mine. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Oh, I like this plan. I like this plan. Quick stops in the merchant district by, <laughs> so, I don't know, mining picks, anything? Uh, do we have booze? <laughs> booze? Oh, I, dr- I think I drank, actually, most of the doses. I don't think there's many left. I'll tell you right now, there's no more to give from Emilia. Like you, she gave you the one bottle of wine that you guys killed it. Mm-hmm. She opened the one bottle she had here for a special occasion. Guys, I have another idea. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we hit up the merchant guild and get some drinks first. I'm a little parched from all the soot on my face. It's got in my throat. <laughs> it's a good look for you, though. It is a good look, but unfortunately, I have to. I just gotta wash it down. My, my throat's a little itchy. <laughs> Says your skin. it's exfoliating okay different itch uh merlin is actually gonna push hard on this because if i if i'm not drunk i'm fucking insane so we need (laughs) we need to get booze can we send your dad on a liquor run (laughs) (laughs) can you buy liquor for the kids lamon put down the shovel (laughs) your daughter with the juicy sweatpants (laughs) Needs you to go for a booze run. Oh god, the trial probably looks like a little gimbal in his giant hands. I mean, we could probably just grab booze on the way out. Like, yeah, I feel I feel like that's what we would have to do at that point. On yeah. the way out of here, not the mine. I hope. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. the way, on the way to the mine, on the way out of the city. Way out of the city. Stop yeah. Some vendor at the merchant district, buy some booze, and take. Be like, I want one, one alcohol, please, and then. On one alcohol. Out. Someone look up how much it is for a bottle of wine. Just make sure I'm not ridiculously overcharging you. <laughs> Maybe Odo Huts has some good deals, you know? Did we clean out the flop house of booze? Like, was there anything left in Yeah, the- you did. Yeah. yeah. Drank it dry, baby. And then you woke up and uh, surrounded by that booze in piss form? That's right, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm a monster. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> But not insane yet. <laughs> yeah, at least I'm not crazy. Would you like it by the gallon or by the mug? <laughs> Give it both. Start with mug and then gallon. Uh, mug is apparently four copper and a gallon of ale is two silver pieces. Oh, they don't have like a bottle of wine? Uh, oh, wine. Common pitcher is two silver and a fine bottle is ten gold. Ten gold, huh? I don't think there's going to be many fine bottles, unless maybe you go to that gentleman's club in the uh, rich part of town. Uh, you guys heading to the merchant, you're, you're leaving town through the merchant district then. Yes. yes. Is that our plan? That is the plan. It's time to hit the road. Yeah. Amelia's kicking you out of the house. <laughs> Get out! It's a very small house. It would be very welcome. awkward. You make your way out then towards the merchant district. And Lustra will give his dear old dad a hug and stay safe. <laughs> Amelia grabs an empty jar and captures the heartfelt goodbye. Aww. Aww. 
Off to the liquor run. <laughs> Off to the liquor run now. Oh, I bet that jar smells terrible. I- <laughs> uh, sure enough, you make your way to the busy merchant district, that bazaar full of awnings and shops. Doesn't take too long to find a vendor selling wine. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot. You kind of notice there's not any shops here in the district that are well stocked right now. Like this shroud moving in has definitely fucked up trade. It's fucked up business. Uh, but you 100% managed to find... Actually, let me roll to see how many bottles he's got left. You find five bottles of like a mediocre wine. We'll call it three gold a bottle. Uh, but there's a vendor selling that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, as long as he doesn't need ID, I'm taking them all. So <laughs> No, they don't give a damn about ID here. You can take them all if you want. It's going to be 15 gold. Yeah. Yeah. I can afford that. Yeah. Easily. 15 gold. You pick up five bottles of wine as uh, you're putting the fifth into your bags. This little portly gentleman with a stainless steel bowl as a hat walks up to you. It's Odo Hops. Hell yeah. You see today he's got two pouches tied around his waist and they're jingling and clanking around he still has a stainless steel bowl on his head and still has his dirty pants still those shoes he found he's found a shirt today though he's wearing a nice poofy red shirt this afternoon and sees you and you guys every time you've seen him so far you've changed your appearance a little bit so he doesn't even recognize you guys like oh hello there (laughs) Ododo hops here. Would you like to buy a vial? Pouches for the vials is what Odo hops sells. A gold vial. Hold anything in a vial. <laughs> Sorry, the vial's empty? Yes, it's the most potential that way, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Slash just face palms. <laughs> One gold for an empty vial? That is correct. That's a, it's a little expensive, don't you think? Oh, glass is very hard to come by. H- holds up five wine bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Those are true. ceramic. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, look, I don't. I didn't make the prices up in the adventurer's gear list, man. <laughs> it says right here on page whatever that it's a one gold for a vial. <laughs> well, per- personally, I'm, I'm all right, sir. But The same cost you. as a goat. <laughs> Holy shit! Anybody? Bizarre economics aside, I feel like having three vials on my person wouldn't be amiss. Oh, three vials. Sure enough, he'll sell you three vials, three gold. Done and done, sir. Uh, Tess would like to just side-eye him, see if there's any hint of recognition. Because getting getting found by the Cargat two days in a row has got her on edge. Yeah, sure, insight check. Uh, 10. Doesn't know. He seems happy to have found brand new customers in the city. Cool. Uh, while he's talking to everyone, uh, Lenar's just gonna shift to the side, subtly put her hands in her pockets, touch the wand of detect magic, and subtle cast detect magic. What's the range? Uh, 30 feet. Nothing. Aside from items you guys have on yourselves. Okay, so nothing on this guy. Buttload of uh, mist talismans, though. Everything he sells, a mist talisman. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's amazing how he keeps getting a hold of them. Anyone want to buy anything else in the merchant district? Is uh, anything magic for the next 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think nope. that's it, right? Yeah? Yeah. All righty. Make your way out of the city of Martira Bay. Uh, Tess wouldn't mind some red thread if there's thread available. Yeah, sure. You just find the price in the adventurer's gear and do the math. Yeah, Thank you. you. Get some, you get red thread. Gonna go full Grinch who stole Christmas on us. I like it. You guys make your way out of Martyr Bay onto what is known as the Raining Road, the road that leads south out of the city. At one point in time, this road would have eventually brought you to a crossroads that would have uh, led either to Rivalis or in the other direction, the other faraway sections of Darkon. One of those forks, follow it long enough, you would have gotten to the Nevuchar Springs where the elves live. But now the shroud has moved in and has cut the raining road off about 15 miles south of Martira Bay. So that to get to Rivalis, you'd have to go through like mountains and forests. It'd be quite the trek, quite the 60-mile trek. But you can just follow the road to uh, the Bottleborn Mining Company. So at a normal pace, you guys can get there in about five hours. Uh, I'm assuming you're leaving pretty early in the day. It takes about five hours of walking to get those 15 miles out of the way. But it wouldn't be the domains of dread if we just casually skipped over five hours of tribal time. Oh, no. <laughs> Some dice have to get involved. Oh, boy. Dice have to get involved. Everyone look out for bat wings. <laughs> Don't fall in love with it, Lustra. <laughs> He rubs the, the ear that he still has in his pouch, but they're so soft. <laughs> As you're traveling, you travel probably about four hours. Uh, you make quite a bit of, get quite a bit of distance between yourself and Martira Bay. You're noticing a lot of puddles in the raining road. Like there's a lot of grass kind of growing in this main road. You get the idea that this road that at one point would have been very well-traveled, is just not being well-traveled at all anymore. There's a bit of overgrowth and no one's taking care of it. The forests and lands of Darkon itself, now that you're really out here, it's, you know, it's like birch and oak trees. And it's very uh, kind of typical b boreal forest kind of look to it. And lots of, lots of green, lots of ferns, all kinds of trees. It's not that different here than, you know, the forests of, of around Waterdeep, probably. A little different than the maybe the Cholton jungles that some of you are used to, but for you Waterdeep folk, it's not that different. Pretty familiar forest. At some point, though, right around the four-hour mark, you start hearing, like, the croaking of quite a few frogs. Uh, as you guys are traveling, suddenly, like, one kind of leaps up into the air, lands uh, maybe 40 feet, 50 feet away from you guys, and it's just like, it's this massive bullfrog, like, almost the size of a horse. Oh, and it's just, oh, like, oh. <laughs> 40 feet away from you guys. It's just staring. It's just... What do you do? Cast mage armor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds about right. Hmm. 
When you said massive bullfrog, I thought you meant like the size of a basketball. <laughs> no, it's like the size of a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord, it's an absolute unit. <laughs> Tess is going to get out some darts and say, "Did are you sure we didn't go towards a bog? Bog came towards us. Um, is anybody all right with animals? I look towards the ranger. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not sure if there's anything I can do to get that out of the way. I mean, a with- second giant motherfucking <laughs> frog like leaps into the area on the other side of you. Now they're both that are like flanking you, both staring you down now. And just would Lustra know somewhere in his Choltian exploration anything about bullfrogs, about how to, like, not look threatening to them? Do we have any of those corpses that we could just, like, leave for <laughs> them, you know? We literally left those to be buried. You, I guess you could give me, you go for, like, animal handling? Is that what you want? You want to know? Yeah, give me animal handling. Okay. Do that. Uh, that's a 12. Oh, that no, stress, a... 11. Oh, good catch. With 11, that's enough to know that this Corolla-sized frog is plenty big enough to swallow any of you whole. And at this point, if there's any question left, they answer it by uh, jumping a few feet closer to you. And let's just go ahead and roll initiative. Let's just get this out of the way and eat you guys with my fucking living automobile. (laughs) My bus-sized frogs. Here's a map for you guys. Fancy little map for you guys. Oh boy. By fancy, I mean a green grid with two frog tokens on it. Ooh. Oh man. Yeah, I really went all out with this map, guys. (laughs) Detail. This is your best one yet. Chef's kiss. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Giant toads, that's what you're technically fighting here. That's the stat block I'm using for my Corolla-sized <laughs> bullfrogs. Big ol' large beasts. Giant toads. Anyone get yourselves 20 or higher? Finally, I got a 20. Test on a 20, that never happens. Not All right. a 2. All right. 15 or higher, anybody? Anybody? Merlin got a 15 on the dot. 15 on the dot. Oh, look at that. 20 on the money. 15 on the money. Anyone get a 10 on the money? Mm. No. Uh, no. Uh, five or higher? Uh, Slash got a six. Lustra got a seven. <laughs> seven for Lustra. Lenar, where does that leave you? Oh, down here with a lowly four. And a four, four on the dot. Lot. Hey. Right on the dot. Okie dokie. On this... Nice little dirt road. Like I said, that the surroundings already starting to look all already almost swampy, just out of the sheer fact that no one's maintaining these roads anymore. Like there's already overgrowth. These giant toads were hiding in some some bushes, and they've jumped out to see if they can eat you up, swallow you whole. It's gonna be so much fun if they do. So Great. much fun if they do. Anyway, I guess let's start this off with a rare test. Usually we <laughs> have to, you've got to sit there for 30 minutes and wait for the turn order to get to you. But right off the bat, Tess, what's what's the plan? What are you doing? Well, I'm going to fumble some darts, baby. Hells yeah. All right. So spirit. yeah. Spirit. <laughs> that is the spirit. 
Yup, it's gonna be fine. You ain't got shit on my giant toad. Probably not. But let's find out anyway. Um, yeah, I'll go run up within 20 feet and just whiff a dart. You throw a dart? I'm gonna okay. throw a dart okay. and whiff it with a nine. Are you going for the one left or right? Uh, let's go for the left. Okay. Nine to hit? Nine to hit. Nine to miss. <laughs> oh. oh! Oh, this energy drink's kicking in. Great! <laughs> oh, kill us that much faster. Uh, and I'll just try to throw an offhand dart as well with a 13 to hit. 13 is a hit. Hey! Oh, it's something. So I get to roll a whole four damage. Oh, you know what? It's better than nothing, though. You throw a second dart. My giant toad's mouth opens wide because he thinks it's like a fly coming towards him. He just swallows the dart whole, and uh, his eyes get wide when he realizes he swallowed a fucking dart. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes four points of dart-in-the-stomach damage. <laughs> well, um, that's all I've got, and I'm going to uh, return to my spot amongst the group and just hope to be a large imposing object that they won't kill. I like it. You run out, toss some darts, run back in, maybe uh, pass the baton, as it were, to Mr. Merlin Carlisle. Peg out. <laughs> what What are you going to do about my giant toads? It's a good question. Um, <laughs> that's the sound they make, if you haven't noticed yet. You know, <laughs> even though... Even though Merlin's been to Chult and he spent a good amount of time there, never came across a giant bullfrog. Um, but if I had to guess, the weak point is that big old balloon neck whenever they whenever they exhale. So maybe maybe if we run up and pop it, that might work. <laughs> Just wait for the throat to get really big and then, yeah, and then, pop. And then, like a balloon. Yeah, maybe they'll just fly away from the force. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we're pulling out the longsword and we're charging in. <laughs> Hells yeah. Hells, yeah, we are. You charge in. You close the gap between yourself and you want to go left or right? Uh, let's go right. Okay. You're going to charge towards the other one. Let's do this thing. Let's okay. do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard like what a bullfrog actually sounds like? I like to think that these giant toads sound the same, but just deeper because they're bigger, right? It's like a foghorn? It's, yeah, yeah, sort of. <laughs> Bullfrogs sound fucking weird. Like those Mongolian throat singers we were it's, listening to earlier. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Pre-episode, we pumped ourselves up by drinking a bunch of fucking sugar-free hordeness and listening to Mongolian throat music. <laughs> it was a good time in this room. <laughs> uh, does a 12 hit a bullfrog? Sure does. Oh, okay. Good info, good info. Oh, man, I love that one of you's closed the gap. That toad is going to swallow the fuck out of you when it gets its turn, Merlin Carlisle. Is this the same creature up. that, like, killed one of my past characters in a campaign? Oh, no, that was a frog hemoth. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Different one. Same concept, though. Yeah. Just bigger. Uh, ten total slashing damage. Oh, shit. Damn, dude. Yeah. Respectable. Respectable. Oh, shit. And you know what? We're going to use a superiority die on top of that. What is it? What would a big bullfrog be scared of? Mm. A fly even bigger than itself. Okay, I could do that. What? It, what is something Merlin size that a bullfrog would be scared what of? What eats bullfrogs? I don't know. Eagles, birds, snakes. Okay, snakes. Okay, 
I don't know. He just Eagle. runs up yelling, Kaka! Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. All right, here's what we're going to do. I don't know what else eats bullfrogs. People, uh, yeah. Cajuns from Louisiana. <laughs> okay, here's what's going on. We're putting on a French accent and we're rolling a menacing attack. Right, <laughs> <laughs> some frog legs. There you go. <laughs> okay, so it's going to be a wisdom saving throw from the frog, and you've got to beat a 13. Oh, how wise can a frog be? Not wise enough, apparently. Wow. Not okay. wise enough. I get a three. You get a three? Yeah. Okay. You're now scared of. Uh, oh, wee wee. We're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for anybody listening in France. <laughs> so he becomes frightened of you. Uh, yeah, he is uh, frightened of me. Okay. My frog is scared. And he takes an extra seven points of damage. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Oh. There's that too. Well, shit. <laughs> that's a big detail. Oh wow, that's very nice. Very very nice. Anything else Merlin Carlisle can do before I eat you with a frog? <laughs> no, I guess they're just going to make sure all my buttons are buttoned up. Getting ready for that. <laughs> Okie dokie. That then, sure enough, is going to bring it to the frog right next to you. Oh, boy. The frog right next to you. Let's see. What does it do? Oh, I got to do this first. Okay. So it is going to open up its giant giant toad mouth and in fear right yeah in, in fear uh, and it's going to try to bite down on you with uh, disadvantage because you've got it all scurred as it opens its mouth to you you can see like this greenish just horrid smelling saliva dribbling down its jaw and it's right. quivering because it's scared yeah no doubt <laughs> no. it's quickly the spit is quickly pooling at its big fat frog feet. With disadvantage, I get myself a four, yeah, 14 to hit with disadvantage. That is a miss. Shit. Shit. <laughs> Shit. You cannot defeat me. <laughs> uh, that sucks. Uh, so, no, Lustra. Lustra. What would you like to do? Uh, well, I'm gonna go through the mess of my hobo Palpatine robes and, you know, fiddle with my long... God, get in my way... And struggle to get my bow out and get my bow out. And as I'm doing that, getting my focus together to charge it up with that force damage that we're all so familiar with. And I'm gonna shoot the, uh bullfrog in front of Merlin with my longbow charged up with my planner warrior feature. Oh, fuck's sakes. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine, do that. Oh, that's gonna be a miss. That's an that's an eight to hit. Eight is unfortunately a miss. Also, like if you feel like that cloak is making you uncomfortable, you guys are four hours away from Martira Bay at this point. Yeah, well, uh, Lucifer's gonna blame the clothes on that miss, <laughs> and uh, no, Lucifer, you look great. You're working it. <laughs> and I think uh, Lucifer's just gonna step a bit forward and try to look a bit more like a closer target and kind of take some heat and okay. pass the turn. Very good. You try to make yourself an easy target. That is going to bring it to our scholar Slash, or scholarly-looking Slash. Yeah. Hmm. Would Slash know if bullfrogs are immune to poison or not? Uh, Give me a... 
you can choose between what would it be like animal handling history you can choose one of those which one do you want what about nature no uh, nature yeah i always forget about nature <laughs> i always forget about nature yeah, i can roll nature i'll give you any one of those whatever you want between which ones animal handling history or nature i feel like it's probably either nature or history all right i'll do nature uh that is a 10 a 10 I legit always forget nature exists. Like, now that I'm thinking of it, I don't know if we've ever done a nature roll at this table before. Uh, with a 10, you are pretty confident that uh, they are not. You don't remember them being immune to poison. Alrighty, in which case, um, do I have enough movement to get within 10 feet of the bullfrog in front of Merlin? Absolutely. And, and then I'm going to give him the old Slash special. Oh. Once again, hoping that his poison juju gets past him uh, Merlin and he doesn't think to drink his poison as a way to get high or drunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought we switched the Slash special to stripping people down and looking for tattoos but it's still the poison spray. Huh? <laughs> There's yes, a lot of Slash specials out there. There is. There is. That's um, when we do it. That's, that's when they do it to me when I do it to other people. It's God. Oh, okay. Depends who who's I if Lenara's giving a Slash special, then yes, they're stripping them. Depends down. on perspective. He, yeah. he has toxic magic. We just have toxic behavior. <laughs> Wait, what? And Slash doesn't? It's fine. Oh, right. Keep going. Con save, um, uh, DC 13. They do have pretty good con. 19 on the con. Yep, so he gets a nice coating of green mist across his gross sliminess. Oh, he just kind of... He shakes in it a little bit. Seems to like it. He revels in the the mist. Yep. Loves it. Slash sort of, you know, sort of twists his face up as if to go like, Ugh. Yeah, it was getting dry out here on the road, and you've, you've helped his skin condition out <laughs> a lot. Anything else Slash can do, though? Uh, no, that's going to be it for Slash. <laughs> that brings it to Froggy number two. Froggy number two is going to jump high up into the air, 20 feet. These things can leap like mofos, lands with a big thud right next to Lustra Venari, and is going to try to bite you. 18 to hit Lustra. That'll do it. That, sir, is going to be three, no, five points of piercing damage from his weird little frog teeth. Mm -hmm. And then I need you to take an additional six points of poison damage from his saliva. Okay. And you are now grappled in its mouth. Oh, You are now grappled in its mouth. It is holding you tight in those big, fat, wet lips. Ew. Mm, 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 mm. That's going to bring it to Lenara. Your ass says juicy on it. (laughs) What are you going to do to these frogs? It's an abyssal, so it's like, juicy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, I didn't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. Uh, She gets all storm and says, do you know what happens to a toad when it's hit by lightning? And she will roll a shocking grasp on it. Oh, no. Oh, uh, get a 21. That is a hit. Uh, So she will finish the terrible quote and say the same thing that happens to everything else. (laughs) Do two lightning damage. (laughs) Such an appropriate amount of damage. You went for the one... uh, On uh, on Lustra. The one on Lustra, okay. And um, she's going to, now that it has no reactions, back off a bit in the middle to run and heal whoever needs to not die and end my turn. That is going to bring it back to the top of the turn order. Oh, I feel like we can plow through this combat. 
I'm either eating you or you're killing my frogs right now. One of these two things is happening, and it's happening soon. Tess, what are you doing? All right, well, uh, Merlin seems to have the right idea. I'll follow that, and I'll pull out the bone saw and just try to slice that, the mouth of the frog he's fighting, open even wider. Okay. Uh, fucking that frog up. For 13 to hit. Yeah, that's a hit. Hell yeah. Whoa. 10 damage. That's a lot of damage to my poor poison spray covered frog. He's taking a big old slice. He's not looking good. All right. Well, I mean, will he look even worse after a flurry of blows? Uh, 23 to hit. Jesus. Hell yeah. For seven. Still in the mix. My frog is still being a frog. All right. Yeah. One more. Um, four. Uh, plus four, but yeah, eight to hit. Eight to hit. Unfortunately, not going to do it. Darn it. Not going to do it. Just too slippery. I imagine a fist sort of slides off the thing. <laughs> right off. <laughs> yeah, like, right off. <laughs> I'm on my turn there. Bro. That's what it says to you, Merlin. <laughs> what are you going to say to it now? Oh, I'm... Grab two pieces of garlic and rub them together. <laughs> <laughs> and fry up them legs. <laughs> All right. Big ol' two-handed swing coming from Merlin. I like it. Oh, 19 on the die. Oh, boy. D10. Oh, two on the die makes it five total damage. Merlin is really, really good at doing this. My frog had five health points yeah! <laughs> Precision strikes, baby. You've done it quite a few times. <laughs> just get I've that magic had, number. It had five fucking points left. This frog just collapses into the dirt, and it's just like a pile of gross, leathery frog skin. Uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that, well, too. Oh, shit. Uh, anything else from Merlin? Uh, no. No, I think that's it from Merlin. We're gonna... Oh, he will take his movement to run over to the other frog. That I'll make sure to do. I don't think you quite have the movement to get all the way... Oh, no, wait, it did move to, uh... Yeah, you can do that, because it's leaped towards Lustra. So, yeah, go for it. You close the gap with my other toad, and that then is gonna bring it to Lustra. It should be my turn, but you killed my giant toad. So it's Hell on yeah. Lustra. What would you like to do there, homeless emperor? <laughs> uh, scream in agony. <laughs> and then fuddle through the robes again for my cudgel. Yeah. Now you are grappled by this thing right now. Yep. Unfortunately, the conditions of this grapple mean you're restrained. Oh. Uh, so you've got all, like, I'm pretty sure that gives you disadvantage. Uh, so you've got all that bullshit going on. Can't move. You're at disadvantage. Okay, so if that be the case, then I'm gonna try and move around, struggle, can't, and like wish I had unlimited power, and I'm gonna use my breath weapon. Okay. <laughs> Give me a con save. Uh, DC is going to be uh, 13. Did you say con? Correct. 20. Well, shit. <sighs> well, it's still half damage. Oh, shit. Oh, man, so full damage was four, so you take a whole two acid damage. Two acid damage? Acid reflux damage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hilarious. Oh, that is disgusting. So it's got, like, its mouth half, half open. It's trying to hold you 
in its wet jaws, and you turn and essentially like spit down its throat. I kind of I kind of get the vibe of like a mother bird barfing into a baby. hundred percent. But it's acid. But it's a dragon and a frog. I don't know that I've heard that nursery rhyme. Oh man, it's it's not rated for children. We'll tell that story some other day. I don't know what that means. I've drank a lot of energy drink over the course of the last hour. That's going to bring it to... Or are you done? Yeah, that, that's all I can do. I'm just going to barf down his mouth and uh, call it a turn. That's going to bring it to everybody's favorite snake boy. Oh, yeah. Everyone's favorite snake boy. Um, ignore the fact that you're the only snake boy. Yeah, I know, right? Um, uh, Slash is going to... I'm uh, run up to be within 10 feet of the creature if possible. What? I know, right? But he's going to do something completely different. I doubt that. Uh, <laughs> you, sh- you, you should doubt that because... Um, uh, or so you shouldn't doubt that because he's going to pull out a dagger. <gasps> Whoa. And he's going to throw the dagger. <gasps> what? Yeah. Realizing that these things are beefy boys, Slash thought it better that he might try throwing a dagger for once. Hey, let's do this thing. So... Um, that is going to be a 10. To hit? To hit. Unfortunately not. Nope. So, not, first try, fails on a lot of things. It's true. So he whips this dagger. Imagine it hits him with the blunt end and it just, you know, ripples off of him. Um, oh, uh, you didn't get that close. No. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that close to a hit. Uh, that dagger gone. <laughs> that dagger gone. Uh, he'll have to go find it later. <laughs> um, uh get a bonus action or anything else you can do uh that's gonna be about it for slash he's just gonna sort of wallow in his own oh my one giant toad he can do it he can do it he can do it oh you didn't try to break the grapple so tell you what it's gonna try to fucking swallow you buddy here we go i'm eating me some lustra don't (laughs) eating me some lustra he tastes so gross dirty 20 dirty 20 lustra suddenly You get swallowed by this giant toad. You become blinded. You're still restrained. Good news is you now have total cover against anything outside of this frog because you're inside (laughs) of its fucking stomach. You don't have to worry about Slash throwing daggers anymore. Cool. It is not a fun place. Uh, Good news is, though, you find Tess's dart in there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah! So you recover Tess's dart. Unfortunately, you get swallowed. You can, like, smell and already feel the acids inside its stomach starting to work at, like, the leather of your pretty little booties. (gasps) Get the idea you stay in here too long, the stomach acid is going to fuck you up royally. Okay. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's all it can do. Uh, Well, it can leap. It's going to jump 20 feet straight in the air and then land right back where it was in victory. Just a quick victory jump. (laughs) And Merlin was right up next to it, though, right? Okay, whatever. I'm not victory jumping then. Take all my fun away. Take all my fun away. It's what I'm here for, baby. Lenara, what's that juicy ass going to do? <laughs> oh, uh, go, go ahead. Uh, Ask I'll, the frog I'll where say- it got his lips done. Do yeah. it. <laughs> you got injections? Where'd you get those? Um. <laughs> In case it does try and leap away, she'll fire a uh, ray of frost at it. Oh, yeah. And save the spells for healing uh, Lustra with a 20, 20 to hit. Yep, that'll do her. 
uh, for eight damage. Eight damage. Noise. Bullshit. Uh, cold damage, you said? Cold. Mm. Chili frog. <laughs> nice chilled. <laughs> no, chilled frog legs are, uh, anyway. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> oh, please continue. Stop delaying. Uh, We're going to murder your frog. Uh, that's it. That's it from Lenara? That's it. Uh, that is a nice little piece of damage, though. Tess, can you bring this frog down before its stomach acid dissolves your dart? Because that's probably <laughs> what you're worried about. No, my dart! I'm <laughs> going to go right for the tummy. Bonesaw! 13? 13 is a lucky number. It's a hit. Come on! No, you can't do this. You can't. Okay. Uh, dissolve Lustra. Don't you dare fucking kill this thing. <laughs> 11 damage, baby. Not dead, sucker. Well, what if I punch it in the solar plexus? That might do it. Yeah. And 21 to hit? Yeah, that's another hit. Hell yeah. You know what? Five there, but I'm going to grab whatever key points a frog has and tear them in half for some necrotic. Seven necrotic. Total of 12 more. So that was... 23 in total. Jeez. Oh my god, hold on. I might need a sip of energy drink to do this math. (laughs) Uh, 23 in total. I don't know how you guys keep fucking doing this. (laughs) Oh my goodness, my second frog had legit 23 health points. I'm not even kidding. Oh wow. You guys are precision... Fucking frog killers is what you are. Precision murderers. All right, Merlin. Fist bump. Unbelievable. (laughs) Want to keep the legs in shape. That way they can be eaten. The second frog hits the dirt. Looser, you manage to kind of like crawl out of its corpse. I imagine imagine kind of like Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura out of the rhino. Out of the rhino, asshole, yeah. (laughs) Everyone looks at you and he's like, you could have climbed out of the neck, dude. You realize that, right? Why did you come out of its asshole? Why did you just do that? <laughs> he was dark in there. Okay. Oh, my it's goodness. the robes. I blame the robes. I cannot believe you guys so easily solved my giant frog puzzle. But yet here we are with two dead frogs at your feet. You got a little experience in, under your belt. Oh, yeah. You start making your way down this road even further. At this point, you know the farms, or excuse me, the uh, diamond mine. That's where we're going first. Yeah. You guys know the diamond mine isn't that far off. As a matter of fact, you actually, when you get a little closer, see a plume of smoke rising into the air, the size that indicates... There's probably a campfire very close to where you're told the mining company is. Hmm. Seems like maybe somebody's home. And I guess we'll find out who it is next week. I gotta go cry about my frogs. (laughs) (laughs) We've gotta cook them up, baby. Oh, yeah. See you next time.